When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Faith Works Live. Here's your host, Rebecca Haney. So glad you're here. It's Faith Works Live. Rebecca Haney is my name. And I don't know, I'm just smiling because it is beautiful. It's a sunny day. And I appreciate them as I think only Iowans can with the knowledge that it is a limited resource around here. <laughs> when you have good days, you got to soak up every single second of sunshine. So thanks for taking us with you um, wherever you are today. And uh, today we are in studio with the one, the only, Dan Hudson from Pathway Church in Johnston. Dan, how are you, brother? Man, I, I want to tell you, there's actually three of us, but uh, I That's keep the true. other two in in lockdown when I'm, you know, busy. So, <laughs> doing great. You don't want to have to pay them the doppelganger fee, right? They're the the extras, the stand-ins in your in the movie set of your life. Right, right. If I did this right, they'd all be making money and giving it to me, but I'm not doing it correctly. So <laughs> somewhere I missed the bus. <laughs> I don't know. True about with all many that. things in my life. Well, what ha- I got that. Uh, what today you have brought the most interesting guest that we may have in the studio, at least in the last afternoon. Uh, would you like to in- <laughs> would you like to introduce us to Abel? Yeah, hey, I tell you what, Abel uh, is a friend of mine. He's a freshman in high school. And we started meeting weekly recently uh, because he has all these great questions and 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 about about the faith, right? You know, and about Jesus. And they're honest, sincere questions. They're 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 not. Uh, they they show that he has actually put thought, and he's really asking questions. He remi- I hate to say this, but uh, he reminds me a lot of me when I was that age, because I was asking questions like this, too. <laughs> and so I've already told him he's going to be a preacher, uh, and uh, you know we, the details will come out later, but sure. uh, he's got a few years that uh, God can work that out. But um, I, I, just, I just love his attitude and his heart, and we have great conversations, and he has all kinds of friends that are on the other side mm-hmm. of the lane, and uh, so some of the questions come from that. And he stretches me because I have to actually think about why I say the things I do. I can't just say, well, because Jesus, you know, he doesn't accept the, the Sunday school answer. Um, and 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 so, yeah, I thought, you know, we were down, we, we were talking just moments ago and I said, hey, we're doing this radio thing. Come upstairs and see if Rebecca makes you leave. And, uh, <laughs> you passed no. the test. You are welcome. <laughs> like, that's as much show prep as we ever do, Dan. <laughs> it's awesome to have you here, Abel. Thanks for coming on. Yep. What, what are some of the things that you like to talk to Dan to play? I know it's fun to play Stump Dan. Um, <laughs> it's really <laughs> easy, Dan to. Hard questions. <laughs> but what are some of the things that you like to talk about? Um, we haven't, like, had a specific thing, but uh, just questions in general. I think we, uh, what did we talk about today? We talked about, 
Mormonism is kind of something I want to know because um, I have a friend of a friend who is a Mormon and mm -hmm. wants to talk to me about Christianity um, and see how beliefs differ. Sure. Um, so we kind of just talked about what Dan knew about about the religion, or I guess, yeah, the religion. Mm -hmm. um, and any questions I have throughout the week, I do my best to read my Bible, but um, nobody's perfect. Right. Um, <laughs> Uh, we were gonna go over Galatians. Didn't really get to that. I don't know, I guess we kind of did, but just whatever, whatever comes up mm -hmm. through the week. Well, and you were just mentioning, I think a great um, theme, a great focus for a lot of today's Christians is being able to have conversations with people with whom we disagree. Right. And I think there are a lot of us who are maybe a little timid to speak into that when you think, oh, I don't want the conflict. I don't want to lose a friend. Um, but just being open to that. We were we were just discussing that. And it's that's a maybe a challenge, but something that we can step into a, a lot more, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, I think when you have all the politicians just fighting, I mean, from what I hear from my parents, it used to be just telling, hey, this is why you should vote for me. But now it's, hey, this is why you shouldn't vote for the other person. Mm -hmm. It's getting more aggressive. Um, we should be able to talk to just our friends, our neighbors, um, about whatever without being offended. We should be able to spread our opinion in, in general. Yeah, and then to be able to listen to what the other people have to say, and then hopefully they'll listen to what we have to say and have an earnest conversation because you really care about what the other person is uh, is thinking and what they have to say. Yeah. I'm going to say that seems to be a lost a lost art, even even in your uh, high school. I mean, right? Y you can't just say, hey, uh, I believe that men are men and women are women. Uh, you're going to have people come out against you or or whatever, you know, the, the issue. It won't be a, well, let's have a conversation. It's I hate you, and and, and we have to now make you quiet and, and go away because I, you're making me uncomfortable. Uh, throw in the topic. Of course, I throw in the hot issue of the day, but, but um, <laughs> you know, it, literally, what, three years ago, that was not the hot issue. Like, how is that even an issue? I, mm -hmm. I, as an old guy, I look at it and think, what? You, what? what? How, did, how did we throw out everything we know about science um, and, and even make that a conversation? How do you have a conversation that a man's not a man? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, anyway, yeah. so you have a whole different perspective coming. You're in the middle of, of, of that. Uh, I think... It's a lot of, um, well, I mean, even you say this, it's like with the hippies, they were using drugs to try and find happiness, find joy. Um, I, was, I was on social media the other day. There was a activist who was previously a male, trans to female, and regrets that decision. Mm. They were like, they were 16, and they, um, they wanted to transition. Their parents let them. Um, and now they regret that decision because it's, it didn't make them happy. They thought it would make them happy, but it didn't. And I mean, it's kind of, it's just, they're looking for, for, to fill that hole that, that God left. Absolutely. So did the they... The God-shaped hole. Yeah. Right? We're all looking yeah. for that kind of fulfillment, that kind of purpose. And they found, they thought they'd found it in what turned out to be a lie. And I'm sure that was really painful for them. It must have been. They were. They were very disappointed. They were speaking out against letting letting this all happen. Um, my personal belief is it's a version of body dysmorphia. Um, 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. Did did they go through the hormone treatments and the whole thing, or or they just like change clothes and name type thing? They they did go through the whole thing. Okay, I believe um, from what I heard. Um, I think I think they got the surgery a, a surgery mm-hmm. for it as well, which was why they one of the reasons they deeply deeply regret it. Yeah, because that messed that, that messed them up mm-hmm. beyond um, recognition, I guess. Um, I talked to my mom about it the other day, and we kind of we were watching Hunger Games, and the last one has this character who made themselves into a cat, mm. basically. Mm-hmm. And that that movie, it, it does it's not like real life, but it almost is, because that person they they change themselves beyond recognition. They deeply regret that. Um. And I think before we just let all this happen, we need to we need to really discuss it, really talk about it, mm-hmm. see see what the consequences are. Yeah. Well, and as you said, we have to be willing to have these conversations and open that up. Otherwise, you just have the um, the the self censoring effect where you don't want to speak up, you're afraid, you don't want the backlash, and so maybe somebody that is in that vulnerable place and they don't know where they stand and they're trying to figure out where their purpose is. If they never hear somebody mention the name of Jesus or talk about what you know, maybe the the power of God in their lives, they don't know anything about the Bible and if there's a Christian that loves them and cares about them, but they don't speak up, how are they ever going to to know? How are they ever going to to um, have that introduction, to have that meeting with Jesus if we don't have the the courage and the care about them to have that introduction? At least that's how I see it. It's it's worth probably a few uncomfortable conversations <laughs> to care about that person enough to talk to them about Jesus. Definitely is. Um, but I'm not in high school anymore, so yeah. that's probably a challenge. How do you how do you uh, navigate those kinds of of conversations? It's hard sometimes. With my friends, we just talk about it. We're friends. We're we're not trying to hurt each other. We know sure. that. I'm you. Nobody's really ever trying to hurt other people. But it's when you get to the people who, um. Three weeks ago, I was talking to a trans person, uh, and she, we were talking, I can't recall what, she got mad about something I said. I want to say it was, it was just, like, talking about the surgery, Mm. and why, why you wouldn't want to wait, I guess. Like, why, why would you get it now, when it could be more refined in a couple years to come and even then how much have you done research into it and I kind of posed that that question I guess and she got mad at me um for posing that question and that was the end of our our conversation it just kind of ended like that she walked away she was mad yeah, that can be really difficult. There, I mean, that you're going to have that experience sometimes. But I think, like you were talking about earlier, that won't be all the time. 
And sometimes it seems like we are so afraid of that conflict of maybe that one or two people that we don't talk about these things that matter. We don't raise these questions with anybody. And that shuts down like 100% of the conversations that we could have that could lead to some really awesome, um, even life transforming types of results if we're just brave enough and care enough to really step into that space. At least that's what I'm trying to encourage myself to do, too. Everybody's looking at Dan right now. That's what's happened. <laughs> so, as you go through your your school and you're thinking about your goals and where, what would you like uh, to see? Do you have any goals for where you want to to be in a little while? We know Dan has decided already that you're going to be a preacher. I've got but... your future plan. I got your next ten years plan. That's all. You, you can you can take over after that. What do you like to do? I'd, I'd like to be a construction contractor. Mm. Um, Very did. much like a pastor. Yeah. <laughs> you build things, you tear stuff up. It's building good. the kingdom and the building of the God, the yes. house of God. I've always, I've, I've always wanted to do missions trips. A lot of, of that. I want to kind of be construction contractor and help as much as I can with, with the days I have off in, mm. in God's work. Um, it, feel, it just kind of... I've always wanted to do stuff with God's, like, work, or the ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, Initially, I was a pastor, but I I don't know. I can't see my days be fulfilling enough for me to truly do that with... (laughs) Okay, I want... No offense. No, 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 no. You you need to take a week off and just follow me around, and you'll see uh, how exciting it can be. Yeah. (laughs) Dan demolishes a lot of things. You could build them back up, too. There's a lot of construction. You could do both. Right. <laughs> well, I am confident that if you're listening to what God is leading yeah. you toward, that it'll be the right decision. It'll be the right way. And I can already tell that you have a, a an open and receptive uh, d- demeanor. So you know that God is leading you and that where he leads, you're going to follow. So you'll get into some fun adventures, I think. Hopefully. It's one wild ride, let me tell you. When you truly let Jesus take the wheel, it is a oh, wild man. ride. Oh, man. <laughs> it will not look like the, the plan that you had, but he writes the best stories. Uh, Dan, one thing you mentioned in the discussions um, with Abel is that you have to be careful about your assumptions. And I think that's really wise, too, is that when we're um, in a position where we have to defend what we believe and we right. want it to be based on evidence, yeah. not just on our assumptions. And Abel, you mentioned that too, that we really have to look at why we believe what we believe. And for a lot of us, especially if you were you know, raised in the church or around a lot of Christian-y type of culture, you just sort of accept it like the air that you breathe. You don't question it or expect that you have to provide evidence because you've never been confronted with that opportunity. Um, but it's really important to have a foundation for your faith and not just assume that something's true. Um, that yeah, I think um, it it is stupid to just go off of um, what people people say. Like, if you come to church every week and you listen to your pastor, but that's all you believe, you don't go and and read the Bible yourself and look at it yourself. Your pastor can be teaching something wrong that can kind of stray you away. And even then, you can't call yourself a Christian. I, I don't think you can call yourself a Christian without knowing what you're what you're talking about. You can't. You, it's just not right. It's not 
true. You kind of. It's not very deep. Yeah, you yeah. can't. You, you putting like a bad stigma around the around the word, especially if you just go off and do whatever you want. I've I've always wondered, yeah. how can a person trust their entire eternity to just some dude who they see hear speak for half an hour a week. And that's if they come every week, right? I mean, and you're trusting everything you know about faith uh, and about God and about eternity and about everything of Scripture from from just one dude, or maybe a couple podcasts thrown on top of it uh, that you throw in during the week, too. And it's like, is that, I mean... I, 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 that's probably why I'm a pastor. It's like I, I had to start reading on my own. I mean, I, I sure I respect the guy who's up there speaking. Um, I, 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 I trust him, trust but verify, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you, uh, I mean, what, what he could be off too. He, he could make a mistake, an honest mistake. He could be deceptive. Now that I've been around long enough, I've talked to preachers who are actually deceptive that um, don't even believe in Jesus, but then they'll throughout the terminology. You know, it's like, that will come through. If you're listening hard enough and, and reading and studying on your own, you can figure that out. Like, wait a minute, this guy's a fraud. You know, it's, cause I'm naive enough to think, why would a fraud go into the church? I mean, it's, you don't go into ministry to make the big dollars, generally speaking, uh, but they're out there mm-hmm. uh, and, and they're intentionally deceiving people, which is uh, beyond, or just plain lazy. And so they're not studying, uh, and they're having AI, you know, write the sermon for them, and they they get up and just read it. Um, that is a 21st century sin, if I've ever heard one. <laughs> yeah, we didn't do that in the 80s. <laughs> I, st- I didn't write that. I'm sorry, Lord. I stole it from the robots. Like, how do you even confess that? <laughs> Back in my day, we had to listen to a tape and hit pause and, and, and start typing. <laughs> hmm. Well, Abel, I wonder if it's because we're talking about having these difficult conversations and maybe we just like psych ourselves out a little bit. So we don't want to approach that. But if you see in my mind, if you see that person as valuable, you want to get to know them, you want to be able to connect with them on that deep level that can hopefully get us past any sort of fear that's keeping us quiet. Like we're, you know, all all bundled up for winter when we ought to be living in open and sunshine. Um, Since we're continuing the weather metaphors, I'm just really happy about the sunshine today. (laughs) Can you tell? So I'm wondering what you experience when you start talking about spiritual things. Like, are are the other kids in your class, are the other students around you, are they interested in spiritual things? So this is actually kind of interesting. Is when I talked, when I've talked to people about it, the majority of the people don't care, like, at all. They don't care about the trans community and if it's wrong or right. And that's where, that's kind of why, and... I personally think this is that it took off so much because the the five percent of people who are part of the community who truly believe in the community like of the LGBTQ community spoke out really really spoke out and were loud about it mm-hmm. and there were so many people who just didn't care that didn't do anything about it initially that at some point it started becoming socially acceptable um, and just people, and it was wrong for you not to think the same. Mm-hmm. So is that kind of like the you you do you thing? Like whatever, I'm just not. I just don't care. I don't. I'm not pro against whatever. And then all of a sudden, wait, there's a bunch of them. Yeah. Is that kind of what you're saying? Am yeah. I hearing that right? Yeah. Um, that can happen with anything. That's why, like, if you if you truly believe in something, say something. It's. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. It might not do anything, but it also, I think another thing that happened is it almost domino effect. At first, there was 
1% of people were loud, and 2%, 3%, and because all it takes, a lot of people are just sitting there, they believe that, they're too scared to start something. If it's like crowd mentality almost, like yeah. what happened with with peaceful 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 protests that turned to riots. It's one person did something, and then another person, another person. Mm -hmm. It just there are people that are willing to do it. Just nobody wants to start it. Yeah, hmm. that that can be hard. It can take an extra. It feels like it takes an extra step of courage to do that and people get intimidated by what if this or that and i i agree with you wholeheartedly i think that we've gotten to that tipping point where it seems like now if you speak out oh it's this big deal where we didn't for several years now and now it does take maybe that extra oomph of courage that extra prayer before we say anything um but it's never going to get any easier to do it if we don't do it now. And what I'm seeing more and more is people are calculating the cost of what if I don't speak up? What if I don't say anything? And just like you mentioned with this um, young person who decided they were going to go down this road and that this would make them happy to say, I'm going to switch genders now. I'm going to cut off parts of my own body, you know, even go so far as to say, I'm going to make these irreversible types of changes. And it didn't make them any happier. And so there's a huge cost. I mean, that's an extreme case, but there's a huge cost when we don't speak up and we don't care about people enough to tell them the truth. So hopefully, as people are listening to that today, I think that's really encouraging, at least seen, seen another way. It's encouraging uh -huh. to say there's a, a benefit to, to speaking up and just saying what's simply true, motivated. You know, people can call you whatever names they want to call you, but if you know that it's because you love God and you love people, then I don't think that we should, you know, be bullied into silence. Like I, they're they're going to speak out loud and proud about what they believe, and I'm going to speak out because I know that it's true, and because I know that there's life in the power of the word, that there's life in Jesus Christ, and that you know I care about you enough to share that with you. At least that's my perspective. I don't have to, like I said, I don't have to go to a high school anymore <laughs> these days. But is that the type of message that you think would be um, interesting to people? Do they know much about Jesus as you're talking about it? Most people uh, in my area, I guess, in my like school, people I talk to know about Jesus and know what it is. But um, there's a big negative stigma around around the religion as a whole. I think one thing that's really helped me even be able to discuss things with people without them just like, oh, well, you're a Christian. It's say, yes, there's, like, yes, I'm a Christian and I believe these things. I'm, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to make you less of a person. This is what I believe. And if, if it truly offends you as to so much as get mad at it, then it's not worth having this discussion. Mm. Um, and then, like, back to the kind of, mm, like, nobody really cares is, like, my brother, he's part of the LGBTQ community, and he he's, like, just a normal, everyday person. You probably could, you wouldn't be able to tell, right? It's, it's just, he doesn't care, really. I mean, he's more of like, let me do what I want, and I'll let you do what you want. Okay. I think that's also kind of just out there. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Again, going back to kind of that politicized, super militant, like everybody's at each other's throats. That shouldn't happen as much in the real world as it does on social media. Um, But there are forces that are in play, I think, Dan. um, And I'll go out there on the limb. If you want to join me, feel free. But my tinfoil hat, I got to adjust. Shaped it into a crown. (laughs) There are a lot of forces that are out there that have a vested interest in keeping us divided from one another and keeping us from having open conversations and seeing one another as individuals to care about them as individuals. And instead, as representatives of these divided groups that are at each other's throats all the time. And that shuts us down far more than it should. Yeah, yeah. You you know, we we have an enemy who has uh, spent hundreds and thousands of years uh, helping societies break down and crumble. He's good (laughs) at it by now. Yeah, yeah, he's very good at it. And, And we're all you know, we're, we're pretty much the same as we were back in the days of Solomon. I mean, you know, we're the same. We're people are people. We have the same issues, the same temptations. Uh, all the stuff you hear about today, you can find in the Bible. I mean, it's like, ooh, we finally figured this out. Nope, nope, they've been doing that forever. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's shocking to me that we can look at that and say, well, every society who did X, Y, Z is no longer in existence because they did X, Y, Z. And we're just running the race down X, Y, Z saying, but it will be different. It's going to be different with us. And honestly, I'm at the point now where I'm like, well, I wonder what the next society in this location is going to be called. Because mm-hmm. unless the church dramatically reverses what it's not doing, <laughs> you know, and starts really getting on their knees and praying and actively pursuing a revival in this land, then we, we're done. I mean, we're just done. Just all the stuff we've talked about in recent months, I mean, we're just done. Um, and something will come out of out of the ashes. But that's that's all an enemy. You know, it's, it's, it's just mankind following uh, the leader uh, in into every um, type of, of natural sinful desire possible. Right. And, um, and, and so, yeah, I, we need, uh, it, just, it made me think as Abel was talking that, that what, what if just we, we've been shamed or intimidated into silence, the church has. What if we just start being that voice again, mm-hmm. uh, like, like he's doing, just talking, can we just have a conversation? And all of a sudden, the, the conversations come by in a positive way, not a you're a terrible way, but a, have, sure. can we talk about Jesus? You know, And, and may, maybe he's what you're looking for and you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. Right. And at some point, that conversation turns and, and, and maybe will be more uh, uh, mainstream. That might be a strong word. But at least accepted. I mean, we'll never be fully accepted, you yeah. know, because of the enemy. But Some of us aren't cut out for mainstream. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah, want yeah, you to know, yeah. like, I'm a fringe and I know it. <laughs> I've always been the weirdo and I get that. But what you just said, what in fact, what you both just said reminded me of something that I saw from Mike Winger, and I really like a lot of his thoughts from Bible Thinker. <laughs> and uh, he, it struck me yesterday. He said, Christianity simply does not allow us to keep responding to everyone's decisions, obsessions, or identities with good for you. Uh, yeah. We're not allowed to do that because there are lots of decisions, obsessions, or identities that are not good for you, objectively speaking. We uh, we're, we have to speak out uh, about that. And his words were, don't feel guilty if this triggers people because you might be the only source of truth left in that person's life. Mm. And I think when you put it that way, it's one thing to say, I care about you and I want you to be happy. But it's another thing to say, I see something that is really hurting you and this is going to be a problem. And I, I see these you know, negative thoughts that you, your mind is going all kinds of different directions. And I care about you enough to say this, this 
this is not going to be good for you? Or have you thought about the long-term consequences of this? Have you thought about why you believe this to be true about yourself, about society, about God, about any of those things? Caring enough to even ask those questions and not just going along um, because we think we're being, quote unquote, loving or accepting, that that's not really loving that person if you don't stand up and tell them there's a better way. You know, this this could really hurt you. Um, and I, I don't know. I think that sounds like a lot like what you're doing. It sounds a lot like what I want to do. Um, so thanks for being my role model today, Abel. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, 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 lo- I love the question. Have, have you done some research on before you do this surgery? I mean, what a great – that isn't – you're a sinner and I disagree with everything you're doing. It's have you really looked – you really thought this through, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it's the cool thing to do right now, and it's popular, and, and there's some adults in your life leading the way to help you get this done. Have you really thought about long-term? Because, honestly, people uh, in the teen years don't always think long-term. I mean, yeah. you're, you're, not, you're not wired that way. It's like, ah, we live for today. Eat, drink, and be merry. Tomorrow we die. And and then, you know, uh, you realize you make such an, uh, a big mistake that, that it affects literally the rest of your life. Uh, maybe you should put some thought into that. that that's a great, that's a, that's a terrific uh, approach. Mm-hmm. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now, I see Ron's over here. He's, you know, I can tell from his eyebrows that we're supposed to take a break. Um, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about um, some of the consequences, I think, of people not standing up. I've got a Profile and Courage Award to give out because, you know, I like to do those. I've got them stacked up in the closet. So I've got to get... <laughs> it's a fire sale over here. We're going to give a Profile and Courage Award. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about how to stand up for our faith, uh, even when it might be a little difficult, and how to not be offended. I love that as a topic because we're so offended in this world all the time. It seems like there's this hyper offended contest. I hate who this can topic. Be the biggest victim. Oh well, Dan's offended already. <laughs> I'm a, now it's two against one. That's not fair. I'm the victim here, guys. I'm the victim. <laughs> and it's my show. So we're going to come back. We're going to talk about it. Trump card played. Canceled. Uh, <laughs> instant canceled. <laughs> you and who else? You and what army, Dan? Uh, we're going to talk about more, maybe, when we come back. If we come back, you're listening to Faith Works Live. When a woman faces an unplanned pregnancy, every possible emotion goes through her head. Where can she go for help and for hope? She can go to Inner Visions. Here in our metro, we have two healthcare clinics where she will find hope and help. 
From free pregnancy testing and STD testing to free ultrasounds, InterVision serves women and men with STDs who find themselves in vulnerable situations. They're completely free of charge because of generous donations from folks like you. And their medical clinics help their patients get all the information that they deserve that empowers them to make life-affirming decisions. That's what they do at InterVisions Healthcare Clinics right here in Des Moines. Learn more at intervisionshealthcare.org. That's intervisionshealthcare.org. And you can call 24 hours a day at 515-440-CARE. That's 515-440-2273. In today's world, security has never been more vital. And at FaithWorks Live, we're proud to partner with Veragard Security. It's a professional physical security service. And they're really raising the bar in security and private investigations. Whether you need a team of professional officers to protect what you have worked hard to build, or their mobile security units for multiple properties or large locations, from business or corporate properties to your home or neighborhood. Perhaps you've got an event coming up. They secure quality security coverage for events large and small because it's about peace of mind and protecting you, your family, your team, and your property. Settle for nothing less than the best when it comes to your security. You shouldn't have to compromise. When it comes to security, you can trust Veragard. Contact them today at veragard.us. That's V-A-R-A-Guard.us. For security service, you can trust Veragard. Thanks so much for joining us here on Faith Works Live. I am glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. I've been a fan of moving, of having like a field trip day for our radio show. We need to get everything out in in the sunshine where it's beautiful because it will not be very long. That's my form of Christian hedonism, Dan Hudson. We got to enjoy the sunshine while it lasts. Uh, absolutely, 100%. It makes me think we should put up solar panels, but yet then we don't have enough sun, so never mind. Yeah. <laughs> details. Lismal details. No, we need to, to, if we can get an extension cord that long, we'll just move the whole studio out to the front yard and uh, we'll we'll have the radio show outside Open today. up the trailer. I'll work on that. Yeah. We're serving only green M&Ms, Dan. Don't make me remind you. Um, we are having so much fun. Dan Hudson in the house with our special guest, Abel the Great. Uh, he is... <laughs> oh, that's a t-shirt right uh, there. It is. Abel the Great. I love it. And it'll sell like hotcakes, I it tell you. A star is born right here on FaithWorks Live. And Abel's been sharing what it's like to just, you know, live as a Christian, live, walk his faith out day by day in a local high school. That's not an easy thing, um, but he is, uh, I think, a wonderful, faithful example. If the last half hour has taught me anything, it's that you're genuine about your faith, you care about people, and you want to think deeply about what you believe and why you believe it. Is that a good summation of who you are? Okay, good. (laughs) Abel, the greatest copyright of FaithWorks Live, (laughs) and every time you sell a t-shirt, I get a nickel. I just want you to know that. Um, we have we have a few uh, Profiles in Courage awards to give out, Dan Hudson, this week. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. Oh, oh, it's not for me. <laughs> Just thank the little people. <laughs> now, uh, a turn, here's a, a story that I think needs more attention, and I'll tell you why. Uh, there is a teacher in a Virginia uh, school district that has been fired for putting a Bible verse in her email signature. And so now we've got a court case that has developed. Here's a couple of the details. 
Attorneys for a Virginia high school teacher are challenging school officials for requiring a teacher to remove a Bible verse from the signature of her work email. Until the recent directive, the teacher had four years ever since she was hired, uh, included John 3.16, along with a signature. And we all know that verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Beautiful symbol of hope. In fact, we see it at, you know, baseball games, football games. We have have the that is kind of probably the most well-known scripture verse that's out there in, in the general culture and uh, apparently this got her into some legal trouble so now liberty council has uh, it's happening in loudon county where you know all crazy things happen out of virginia and uh, they said that her colleagues are also permitted to include other types of private expression in their signature lines their emails including the use of preferred pronouns Mm-hmm. which is where this is kind of all coming back around. I find this is interesting yeah. that the district doesn't prohibit all expression, but apparently just Christian expression, or just in this case, the Bible, like the word of God, the school is seeking to censor that in their emails. That's a bit of an issue to me. So she's going to take this uh, this case to court and uh, Liberty Council is representing her. I'll go ahead and put the link in the, the for all the details to that story um, in our podcast down below. Um, but she's basically being called out and saying you can't use Bible verses because you're representing the school in your work email. But they allow other types of expression um, to be included for other teachers. So to me, that says double standard. What do you think, Dan? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think that's the, the the clincher right there. If other people can put their own expressions like, hey – hook me up or check up check on my Avon website you know whatever uh, I, I believe in tulips I mean whatever doesn't matter then either let all of them or none of them mm-hmm. I, I understand from a civic uh, point of view that okay I, I'm using a school's email uh, maybe you know I, I'll follow their rules but the rule is you can self-express mm-hmm. so so yeah that seems very double standard ish to me for sure and I'd say fight it fight it uh, you know that means a Satanist can also say hail Satan or whatever they say um, on their emails um, but let the chips fall where they may if they do that but um, uh, yeah this seems like a worthy battle uh, to to you can't just exclude the Christian voice mm-hmm. that, that that's 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 very closed-minded and intolerant if I can use those words um, in, in this context so yeah go go for it battle well, and I've seen people now where you have some fairly high profile, ministers who are saying actually you shouldn't do that that that's a step you should not take to put out the bible that the teacher was wrong Uh um and and i highly disagree because um not only are we required to to share the gospel but the fact that you are a teacher does not uh, any in any way i think inhibit your first amendment rights now sometimes you know there's times and places uh, to be wise about how we handle those things but exactly because of what you just said dan if other types of expressions are allowed and i guess the argument from the other side would be well preferred pronouns are just a part of of their identity well, being a Christian is a part of my identity. Yeah, that is our that's, that's new identity. That's the central identity is that I am no, yeah. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Mm-hmm. So, if you're willing to say that, you know, they can use their whatever moniker or or um, preferred salutations that they like, then I would like to say that I am, I am a Christian. I am bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, and that's uh, you know something important to know about me. Now, you know, does everybody need to to 
take that stand? I mean, I guess that's up to you and God. But in this case, she decided to share the good news by a method that she found available. She just you know wants to to spread uh, apparently. Yeah. And this has been the case ever since she was hired. It was only recently that this caused an issue. And I wonder what some of the, I don't know what what brought this to a head. Um, but it is a situation where there's there's no more morally neutral territory. Yeah. And if you're saying that, well, we can't have any type of expression, we've tried to create this moral vacuum where we say we're not going to be promoting any particular value or ideology. you got to keep your religion out of schools. We'll just teach them what's right and wrong without that. And what we've seen is that a new false gospel has taken the place of what was good and true and right, that we've crumbled enough of the foundations to say that, you know, just because we took the Bible and prayer out of schools, a new gospel has taken its place. And so now we are silenced about what's true by our own consent. Because we don't dare to step in, like we were talking about, it can be a little difficult. But if we don't dare to step in, it's not a morally neutral environment. Everybody else is proclaiming what they believe to be right and true and good, even if it's a message of sin and death that leads to destruction. So why can't we be just as, oh, I believe that a good tactic would be to stop being silent and no longer being afraid, but to be as, you know, proud of what Jesus has done for us as somebody else might be about their alternative identity. Right. Know, that's me. Oh, I, no, I, no. That's why I'm not invited to the cool parties. I, I'm just curious. I, just, I mean, the thought just crossed my mind. What, what if she put Galatians 3.28 in, instead? You know, there's neither fail, male nor female. Then she could do mm. her pro- pronouns. <laughs> A and... truncated version of that verse. Yeah, there is neither I, male I, I, nor never, female. I never really thought of that before, but but uh, <laughs> maybe when we start doing pronouns, also I'm neither male nor female. I'm just in Christ. You know, I'm <laughs> Jesus, Jesus supersedes my, that's my gender. Isagesis, man. Uh, oh, I might be. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. today's Isagesis. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've never connected this before. Uh, and th- this week, and, and maybe if I did it, it, maybe it's been a slow burn. I don't know. The whole uh, gender thing going on. That that it is a form of Gnosticism, you know, an mm. ancient going back that you know all physical is is evil and all spirit is good, and that's how it, that when you say it's a religion, it, it has become a religion, and uh, that that's where people are are saying what what my body says is irrelevant because physical is evil. So. Uh, we reject the body. In yeah, many reject cases. it. Who cares if I have yeah. male parts or female parts? It doesn't I matter. Inside, I'm yeah. whatever, and that's the gender I am. I've decided. And it's mm-hmm. like, whoa, that was a big moment for me when that kind of light turned on. It's like we're fighting Gnosticism uh, back in the first century. Uh, we're not just the, you know battling teens uh, having a wild. Eh, we're gonna do this. My this is my act of rebellion. You know, it's like this is this truly is a religious experience mm-hmm. uh, and a rejection of the Christianity. Yeah. That that yeah. That's that's a. I, I'm st- I, I'm just like in the last couple of days. Like I, I need to dig into that deeper and see what that looks like Definitely. because I had not gone from that approach. Because I I've been associating it with paganism, right? The idea uh-huh. of self worship as idolatry and just kind of saying I can make up my own rules. I can become my own god. Which basically a, a lot of false religion comes from that same place. Yeah, that yeah. my god doesn't disagree with me, so I become my own god. And then in this 
in this way when you're searching for your purpose so much and you feel so devoid of you know understanding from from your own body you feel so separated and uh-huh. so disconnected from your own body that i think there's a huge gnostic component to it now that you mention yeah. it yeah that's, yeah that's a topic of some further research uh, right? yeah. i mean because how how can you possibly how can I, it's, it's just not been it's not connected with me it's like how can you possibly say my body's irrelevant like that is your body. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where you live. <laughs> you, you know, have an incarnate. Experience. Now it's making sense, at least from a spiritual standpoint, of what's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm gonna dig into that a little more. Abel, feel free to jump in anytime you want to drop some knowledge on us. Uh, kind of from a mental standpoint too. Is it's it? I mean, back to it's kind of a version of body dysmorphia mm-hmm. um, in 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 the brain in general. Yeah, I think we talk about it from that, what we deprive people of who are in the middle of that and who might be influenced by that is an actual discussion of what could help them, of what could help heal them or or help them come to terms with the fact that I'm a boy and even though I don't feel like the other guys around me, that it's okay for me to be a guy in my way. I don't have to be like that stereotype or for a girl, for a lot of young ladies that are going through some of those bodily changes or they think, well, I have to like dresses and princesses and maybe I don't. They don't have to just be relegated to the stereotype of what it means to be a guy or a gal. There's a wonderful, beautiful variety, the way that God has made us with how we can be a man, how we can be a woman, but God didn't make a mistake with you. Like God, that's not <laughs> that's not how that works. Like your body's not a mistake. It's wonderful. Um, but we deprive people of that healing i think by saying actually what you're going through is your version of truth and we all affirm that instead of saying if you're struggling with this we're gonna help you we're gonna walk with you through that and figure out ways that we can you know help harmonize what you're thinking in your head with the biology that you've been designed to have i don't know maybe that's too simple i i don't have any doctorates or fancy degrees but i just think like if (laughs) If people are hurting, you want to help them. Well, you don't yeah. want to keep handing them down, going it alone down this road that's ultimately going to hurt them. It, it just it doesn't make sense from a healthy person's point of view to, to you know someone sitting in their house and it's on fire and they're thinking it's so warm outside and it's like no no right. no that's not that's not the sun you know <laughs> you're going to burn literally I mean in, in physically. And, and how about we help you out of there? Oh no, no, no! I, I love I love it in my cozy place. You know, um, it's how cruel to just watch them burn. I mean, how cruel! And that's what we're doing there's, as a society. There's a proverb I heard as I was coming in, and it's the compassion of the wicked is cruelty. Ooh, yeah. And that's uh, that's that is Solomon. True. That's a Solomon original, but it's the <clears throat> compassion. That's the second half of a couplet, and I can't remember the first one right now. So I'll look <laughs> it up during the break, so I don't, you know, speak out of turn here. Um, but it's the compassion of the wicked is cruelty, and I just sat wow. there thinking about how much that is true, and how many times, you know, maybe I've fallen into that camp where I thought that I was doing the right thing, but in in truth, if I'm withholding the truth, or if I'm beating somebody, if I'm using it as a beating stick, right. To, like try to win the argument more than care about that person, then that's not compassion. That's actually cruel. Anytime it's out of alignment with God and his way that leads to life, mm. we're actually, we can use that in a way that is cruel toward people. So yeah. that's kind of the other side of that coin. I don't know. That's my daily conviction. That's that. I, that those are my new pronouns right there. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, today is a momentous day here on Faith Works Live. Dan Hudson has several announcements. <laughs> uh, so that's one profile encourages the teach, Virginia teacher um, that put John 3.16 in her email signature. I say we need more of God's word, not less. I say do not be silent, that we need to be as convicted of the truth and of the healing, um, you know, life-transforming power of God's word, that we're willing to kind of be out there about it, whether that's your t-shirt, whether that's a bumper sticker, or the way that you, t hopefully it's the witness in the way that you talk, the way that you treat other people, that's the most important place. But I mean, if you put on a podcast or audio Bible or something, praise music, that's a witness to other people as well. It fills you and your brain, your heart. Um, but I mean, what, what if they overhear you? That could be amazing. That'd There's just lots awkward. of little ways that we shouldn't be afraid. <laughs> Sticks in your social life. Uh, that's There's a lot of ways that we can be a witness that I think we need to be a lot less timid. Yeah about that. I mean, there's all sorts of options out there. So I want to give her profile and courage. And I also wanted to mention, <clears throat> honorable mention, because he doesn't need any help in the popularity department, is Francis Chan. Because uh, I sent you... Uh, <laughs> you don't know who he is. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. By the book, Crazy Love, anybody. Um, very high profile uh, teacher, preacher, and author. Um, you've read some of his books, you already know. Uh, and he has been bold now. He had a pretty, um, I think, kind of viral interview with Lila Rose of Live Action. And he's speaking out in, in the context. He's speaking out about abortion and... Why we're in this fix in the first place is basically the fault of the silence in the pulpits. Mm. And we've been bold about that here on this show. Um, anyone who's in a position of authority needs to speak out against this great moral evil of our time, which is the killing of our preborn children. Most vulnerable deserve the most protection. And we've thrown them under the bus time and time again through our silence, through our apathy, or through actively redefining scripture now. And I'm... I'm horrified at seeing the ways that purported Christian leaders have said, we need to be open on this issue. You know, there's differing opinions. People of all faiths can, you know, understand it. Like, no, that's that's just lies. Uh, no. <laughs> so you kill a few babies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's something we can all debate about, right? Yeah. There's differing opinions. Um, and so Francis Chan speaks out very clearly on this, and I can link to the full interview below. But here's a short clip of him calling preachers in, in the pulpits to account for this, and, and I think he, the terms he uses cannot be more strongly stated. So what is it when it comes to abortion? What is the it that pastors should just say? That we're gonna answer to a holy creator who is the author of life, and we don't have the right to take that away. And we're gonna stand before God on a lot of things, and I don't think people realize, like a phrase like that, stand before God. Just the word God the way the Bible describes him. I, I was just teaching out of Hebrews 12, and it says you have not that moment, and yet it's the most important second of our existence is when we stand before him, and it's just us and him. And did we make our decisions, and did we come up with our beliefs based upon that moment of going, I'm before you, God, and did I value the way you thought and the way you taught? Did I really make my decisions based upon the things you said and did in history? Or was I swayed by my desires, by what's popular, what the culture was saying? I would say to leaders out there, we gotta stop playing this game of trying to please everyone and just say it like it is, because that is our legacy. This is what has been left to us. There have been men and women that have died for the truths in this book, and they weren't thinking, will everyone like me? And who's gonna leave my gathering? Who's gonna stop following me? Who's gonna cancel me? 
this is what we signed up for. And Dan, I sent this to you and I mm-hmm. thought about, I applaud his courage. Absolutely. I echo, I can echo everything he just said, only he said it cooler than I would. Um, but it reminded me of you because we've had these types of discussions before that we need to be bold about things that matter. And really, we've been withering and shrinking. I think our influence is proportionally shrinking as Christians in America because we refuse to stand up when God's word to me is incredibly clear. I don't see another way to say it other than we should be treasuring our children and not exterminating them. Absolutely. I don't know. I suppose it's that um, deep needed feeling to be accepted and loved. Everyone, everybody to like me, you know, and you put that in the pulpit, that's a dangerous, dangerous place. The only person you should care about who likes you in the preaching context is God, and that you're following His Word, and, and let the chips fall where they, they may. That's easy to say out loud, but I, I can imagine how uh, some pastors maybe soften their voice on things, because they just don't want to offend, they don't want to push anybody away. Well, if they're that far away, they're already away. You're not pushing i mean they're already away but you you've you've got to bring them in with truth and 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 you know we i, I couldn't say it better than than francis jan and i'm, I'm just glad you put my name in the same sentence as him I, I, that's another t-shirt that dan is, is like fran or something i don't know well, <laughs> that didn't work <laughs> buddies for life but, but, but he's right. I mean, I don't know that we are sounding much like the first century preachers, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, and maybe we need to, as pastors, repent so that the nation in turn will repent. Right. Well, and we're leading. If you're yeah. leading, then we're going to follow. Yeah. And and I remember a conversation that I had with someone that wasn't being very bold about this and didn't think that they could. And I just asked why. And uh, he said, well, we have women in this congregation that have had abortions. And if I speak Mm -hmm. out about this issue, you know, I don't want to hurt them. And essentially, I mean, if you're driven by love for these women, that's a wonderful thing. But why on earth wouldn't you bring them and that sin? What you're doing is saying that this sin is unspeakable. We're not going to talk about it. And how then can they achieve forgiveness for that? How can they achieve redemption for that? How can they come forward into healing, into the light, if you won't even dare speak about it? That's cruelty to that. That's not compassion. That's cruelty. uh, There are men in my church who have had affairs. Guess what? I'm going to talk about having affairs Mm. as a sin against the living God. Don't do that. Right. All right? To, To save you. And your marriage and your family. Exactly. Well, and warning people away from sin is what you do because you care about Right. Them. It's not because I'm better. It's not yeah. because I have all the answers or I'm perfect. It's that Jesus is perfect. He showed us the way. Yep. And he, in his word, says, if you want, if you love life, this is what you do. You find life in me. You have new life in me. And as a result, you walk in that newness of life. Exactly. And these are the things that my people don't do. My people live differently. Mm-hmm. My people operate differently. And in that context, as we come up on the end of the show, we ought to be weirdos. We ought to be <laughs> noticeably different from the way the rest of the world operates because I mean, they're going towards a future that is away from, if it's away from God, then they don't have any hope. So they need someone. And guess what? God put you in their life so that you can show them the way to hope, the path to hope. Because you can show them how to have that past mistake and sin erased by the blood of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And what, what better news do we have? That's it. That's all. Like I'm a broken record. That's the one message that I have. Yep. Of course, <laughs> you, you violated God. There's hope. Yes, just and I I know that because I was there, mm-hmm. 
And and he's made all the difference for me. Yep. And that's the testimony that we can lead out with specifically. And Abel, maybe you would agree. With, I don't want to put words in your mouth as we wrap up. But maybe you would agree that you can always be open about like your personal experience and what you think. Because it's your opinion. It's what you've lived. And no one can really argue with that. Yeah, it's significantly better to let people know what, what you believe and stand for it than to sit there and do nothing. Mm, I agree. I think the cost of doing nothing is too great. I think... Abel is the sage of our age. So Abel the Great, t-shirts go on sale. Uh, <laughs> Dan Hudson, thank you for coming in, uh, Abel. We really appreciate your time today. You're welcome. Well, thanks for being a part of the discussion and keep on pursuing your faith. That's awesome. I encourage you. Uh, hopefully you feel encouraged today. <laughs> if not, <laughs> we've been trapped in the studio for an hour. Thanks, Dan. Dan Hudson from Pathway Church in Johnston. Thanks, brother. Yep. Appreciate it. Thank you to Ron, our excellent producer, who makes all of us sound so good. Thank you to you for listening. If you like what you hear and you want to be a part of the discussion, I'd love to hear from you, too. Um, Give us a like, a share, wherever you're finding this podcast. Let us know what you think. And if you have a suggestion for a topic on the upcoming show, send it on my way. I need all the help I can get. My name is Rebecca Haney. (laughs) You've been listening to FaithWorks Live. There's no better time than now to stand for life. And you can stand with Iowa's original pro-life organization, Pulse for Life. They're the longest standing nonprofit pro-life organization in Iowa, and they are dedicated to informing, educating, and inspiring a new generation to value the sanctity of all human life from fertilization until natural death. They serve at the state house. They educate in classrooms at events. They proudly serve on the coalition of pro-life leaders. They are on the front line of the battle against this throwaway culture of death that we see all around us, and we are winning ground. Hearts and minds are changing, and the pro-life movement is continuing to grow. And you can be a part of the exciting things that are happening right here in our own backyard at pulseforlife.org and get your finger on the pro-life pulse. Sign up for their newsletter, find ways that you can make a difference, and how you can change hearts and minds with their pro-life apologetics course, pulseforlife.org. Hey, what's for dinner? If you're like me, I hear that 15 times a day. And fortunately, I have a plan. It's typically Onimus beef at our house. We are such big fans of Onimus beef at the Haney home because it's just great quality beef. There's no steroids or antibiotics. It's naturally raised butcher beef. They sell by the quarter, the half, or the whole, and they support your local meat lockers so they can help you get it processed in a way that works for you. In this economy, it's good to have affordable options for your meat. And if you're willing to make a good investment in your nutrition for a healthy menu plan, I highly recommend Onimus Beef. Contact Dave and Mary Lynn at onimusbeef.com. They welcome your questions. They'll help get you on the schedule. They have locker dates coming up. Don't wait. Secure your locker date today. Go to onimusbeef.com. That's O-H-N-E-M-U-S beef.com. Mm-hmm.